today we have the pleasure of meeting with Austin Jarko. Uh, welcome, Austin. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Doing well. So Austin is a uh, golf coach and a personal trainer. We're going to get into a lot of that kind of stuff. So you're originally from Lee Summit, Missouri, and went to Lee Summit West. Um, played golf in high school, and let's so let's kind of talk about your beginning of golf and how you got into the point of where you are now. Sure. Yeah. My, uh, my dad was a golf professional when I was young, so I played golf from day one. I, I remember just smacking the ball around the yard. I remember trying to hit baseballs over the house. It was all kinds of stuff, but uh, I always grew up having a club in my hand, and I was always very athletic, and I was trying to get better. I was trying to do something cool uh, pretty much at all times, and that was that was kind of what got me going into it. I, I loved it. Um, I think mainly because I got to go and do it on my own terms and right. how I wanted to do it. And I felt like I was in control of it um, versus team sports where you relied on so many other aspects around you to be successful. And I was glad I did both. I think that there's a massive need for team sports still. But uh, uh, for me personally, that just kind of fit my personality better, which ended up being the, the one thing I really went for. Um, in high school and, and unfortunately you know i was a pretty decent track runner i was a honestly pretty good baseball player and golf and all three of those were in the same season yep and so i was like uh i, I asked the coaches if they would let me kind of split time and they all said no and i'm like <laughs> well i'm gonna play in golf <laughs> yeah absolutely so you played golf at least summit west um in high school did you have any kind of idea what you wanted to do post high school career wise um, yes, I, I didn't know exactly that I wanted to be in the golf field, but I always had a feeling I was going to be in the golf field somehow, if that makes sense. I, um, I, I obsess over it and, uh, to the point where it's almost unhealthy sometimes, but right. <laughs> got to bring me back down to earth sometimes, but that's okay. Um, but I knew I wanted to do something with it. I actually went into high school thinking I wanted to be an engineer. I was taking some CAD classes, and I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed the structure of it, the precision. There was a right and a wrong answer and uh, things of that sort. My, my brain's very type A, and so I like having right and wrong. I like having yes or no. Um, I can handle gray areas because uh, I, I have the ability to kind of fluctuate back and forth with it, I guess. But uh, uh, I like I like math. I like science. I like a, this is the way to go kind of <laughs> conversation. Um, and so I originally wanted to be an engineer. And then after that, I decided I wanted to I was going to start my own business. I was going to be a golf professional. I had all these other ideas in my head and I decided I was going to go to school for uh, college for business, which is kind of what led me to central Missouri. Yeah. And uh, they've got a, a world-class business school there. It's fantastic. Uh, met some of my best friends uh, there, and then just decided it wasn't for me, mainly because of the accounting part. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I have an undergrad in business as well, and yeah. uh, after working in the field for three years, kind of did a flip uh, after college, but going back into the profession of teaching. Yeah. Um so then while you're at Central Missouri, you kind of made that flip into kinesiology. How did that transfer over and what kind of class like really drug you in that direction? Sure. Um, I kind of had a, I'm very introspective and I started thinking about what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I was 
I think uh, second year college. And I just decided I wanted to help people. Whatever I do, I wanted to make sure that um, I could help people and give back the way that others did to me when I was younger, when I needed it. And uh, I think that was the most important part of me switching and going into kinesiology. Uh, the body fascinates me and how it moves and how it functions, uh, how we still are barely scratching the surface with how it really operates. Um, you know, little things like that uh, just blows my mind. <laughs> right. So I wanted to be a part of it. And I was like, this is so cool. Uh, and in the meantime, I get to help people and I could probably relate it to golf somehow. Sign me up. Let's do this. So yeah, uh, that, that really drug me in. Um, you know, I, I graduated the corporate fitness uh, major. Uh, I was originally exercise science. But I was just done with school. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, I kind of, I kind of got to the point where I went to my counselor and I was like, I don't know what I need to do, but I need to be done in a year tops. I think at that point I had done school and summer school like three years in a row and I was just over school in general. Mm -hmm. uh, and so lo and behold, I graduated that semester. So Right. So with the, with that program, um, did you have any types of clinicals or any internships that you did along the way that kind of, with those summer classes? I had some internships. I had to shadow a fitness professional for about 500 hours. And, okay. and that's a lot to work for free. Um, yeah. Yeah. 500 hours is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Janine Young is a friend of mine. Um, uh, I actually met her through a contact at my first job uh, at St. Andrews Golf Club um, that anyway, she let me shadow her. She was a golf and fitness professional. And I was just like, like, this is my, this is my alley right here. This is my niche. I want to do this. And I just had some really good conversations with her and, uh, and she is brilliant. She probably challenged me more than anybody has ever challenged me, uh, in almost anything. <laughs> right. And so, um, I realized that I was if I was going to keep up with her conversationally, then I needed to step up, up step up my game and really take over. Um, so while doing that, going to school, we had a lot of, uh, uh, I guess not really clinicals or anything like that, but we had to go and do a bunch of labs. I really made sure to take my time in labs, uh, and I'm still not very good at it. That's something I really struggle with, but uh, I did the best I can with trying to understand the muscles, the insertion points, the origins, whole nine yards, and get a good idea of exactly where they are, their functions, um, primaries and secondaries, and then how that relates with the golf swing. And being around somebody that has been in the industry for 20 plus years and worked with the game's best and, uh, uh, and had success uh, really forced me to kind of realize I'm in the big leagues now and I've yeah. got to, I've got to figure out exactly what I'm supposed to be doing because I cannot fake it. And right. that was a, that was a huge turning point. Yeah. So while you were at central Missouri, you also played golf. Um, let's talk a little bit about how you were able to balance your golf schedule, class schedule, and, you know, just that general practice tournaments class wise. It was hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was no doubt about it. Um, and and I, I, if I could go back and do it again, I would. I absolutely would. I, I think that uh, um, 
knowing what I know now, I would have been much more successful. But I really struggle with time management um, for a bunch of different reasons, but uh, not necessarily because I just didn't want to do it. But uh, I struggled with it specifically because I was more worried about my schoolwork than I was my golf game. But I wanted my golf game to be good. And so I would have this like internal conflict of going back and forth. I wanted to be a winner. I knew I could play better than what I was, but I needed to dedicate my time and my efforts to making sure I could graduate. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we weren't, I wasn't very well off growing up. I had what I needed and everything, but I, I certainly wasn't fail a class and take it again, kind of, uh, kind of wealthy. And so I need to make sure that my time was being well used and things of that sort. So I really struggled. I mean, I, I described my college golf career as horrible. <laughs> and so <laughs> I did not play very well and, and that's okay, you know, and, you know, by the time that I got done, uh, I learned a lot about myself, probably more than what I would have if I played well. And, right. uh, and my golf game got better because of it. I learned how to struggle through the process and uh, it was kind of a, it was kind of a nice after the fact bonus. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about your progression as, as a golf and fitness professional. Uh, so you kind of started out as a personal trainer, uh, worked at a couple different clubs uh, in and out the Kansas City area. Um, as a personal trainer, you know, straight out of college, what were some of the, the benefits for you as that role uh, adapted and changed to into the golf profession? Yeah. Um, well, that's a good question. You know, I, I think a lot of times people think that what happens in a textbook is what's going to happen in real life. And so I had to kind of, uh, kind of take a, a, a step back and really focus on what are the real fundamentals that we're working on mm -hmm. and kind of go from there. And I think there, at least when I was in school, there was a little bit of a disconnect. Like if you know all this, then you're going to be good. Well, I didn't put that together. Um, until I actually got out of the out of school and started working in my profession, and then it was like, okay, full full circle here. And so I wish I would have had more actual personal training clients in school because uh, I felt like I learned so much more from that than anything. But you know, it's kind of kind of rambling. But it's kind of circle back. I feel like um, the more I understood about the body and how it functioned and the knowledge that I learned in school, I was then able to relate it to the golf swing and then say, these are the real muscles that are being engaged and activated during a golf swing. Uh, right. These are the ones that are going to end up being overused or overworked or uh, injured. Um, and then when that happens, X, Y, Z, right? It's just a domino effect. Yep. And, and we kind of point and figure out which one is really overcompensating and uh, underfiring things of that yeah. sort. So it kind of really helped me identify the things that I needed to know to help you with your golf swing. I could ask you to do something, but maybe you can't even functionally do it. So at that point I'm wasting my time and yours and your money. And that's not fair to any of us. And so right. I, I made it a real point to really screen people before we get in this uh into an actual golf lesson i'll ask them a bunch of questions it may not look like an actual physical screen as some uh people will do a, T a tpi screen or you know a net sca screen or things of that sort but uh in the event that i need to make one based off of these questions that i ask then we do one. and i yeah. think people appreciate that 
Um, so he spent some time at Kansas City Country Club, uh, Mules Nationals, uh, St. Andrews, Creekmore. You know, as you develop and go through these different uh, clubs and work with different clients and different uh, front office people, what were some of the, the key um, components that you were able to take away as you continued to develop your uh, profession? Yeah. Um, so I, I think a lot of times golf professionals get very one-sided and uh, that's certainly not a slight or anything, but it's, it's just more of it's golf. I got to get people on the golf course. Right. And so I've gotten to, I've bounced around a lot. I'm young. I've been a lot of different places. You know, there's about three more on there that are, aren't on there. And, <laughs> and I think the cool things about that is I've gotten so much experience in different places that I can share that with each one of them. Right. And at that point, then I can say, well, we did this at this location and it was successful or, hey, we tried that. It didn't work. I would do this differently and things, uh, you know, kind of analyze situations like that. Um, and I, I think that's a huge asset to any location is to have somebody like that to rely on and ask questions. Hey, how did you do it at Creekmore? Did it work? What did you think? What would you do different or what did you do at Creekmore that you didn't do at Kansas City Country Club or vice versa? Uh, you know, two totally different clubs, but maybe we're trying to be something that we aren't, right? And really honing in on um, a golf course's personality and their uh, their persona and really trying to feel out kind of who we are as people, what can we provide and what can we do well? Yeah. Uh, kind of go that route. Yeah. And so... I've, I don't know if that quite answers your question. Yeah, that, no, that makes sense. Just building on the relationships and being yeah. able to take what you've learned along the way to help out where you're going. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. every single one of those places do, does things differently. And, and I think it's really key to be flexible in the things that I do and what what they do to make things work. Yeah. Uh, kind of what I say one side is it's like um, this is the way to do it when there's not always one way to do it. Right. Right. A bunch of different ways to do it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so in 2018, you got your PGA membership for coaching. Um, let's talk a little bit about what that testing looks like and the playing test. Sure. The playing test was weird. Um, I have. Uh, I was fortunate to pass it the first time, which was cool. Yeah. Uh, I did mine at Longview, or sorry, Fred Arbandis Golf Club. Okay. And uh, I had to shoot 160, I think, 159, something like that. So right. we play 36 holes in one day. Uh, I have, like, a month before that, I played a lot of golf, hit a lot of golf balls. I didn't shoot above par for an entire month. I did it right out of college. So my yep. game's fairly sharp, right? I'm, I was playing a lot back then. And, uh, and then the guy on the first tee, I'll never forget it. He looks at me and he goes, hey. You know, good luck. You got to shoot 159. That's 80-79. And I looked at him. I said, that'll be a piece of cake. And then I remember shooting 81 after my first round. <laughs> and I was like, what in the world just happened? I sat there. I ate my lunch in silence. I was just like, a, it was like a nuclear bomb went off in my brain. <laughs> and, and after that, I was able to settle down and, and go through and pass it with pretty pretty easily but still it was weird so that's step one everybody has to to pass that 
in right. order to get their PGA membership. And a lot of people don't. Uh, and I think for that reason, it's weird. There's a lot of pressure on that, that test to be able to get that membership. Um, but including that, there's essentially four stages. Um, the first one's a qualifying level. It's a very simple test. It's like a golf knowledge test. Here are some different formats. Here are some very basic rules. Uh, here are some very basic things about the PGA. They want you to know that for good reason. You pass that, and then you enter level one, and then it's book work, and it's a lot of uh, situational type of things. There's a couple different golf courses that uh, they'll send you um, uh, a case study of. You got to study it. You got to know it, and then at that point, you have all kinds of different programs and uh, and questions that you have to answer through three different levels okay. to then be able to say, congratulations, you know how to run a golf course and so it's not so much like right hey we open up at seven i tell you to go play golf and i'll see you later and we're going to lock up at eight o'clock there's a lot more that goes into it as i'm sure yeah. that you can assume but you know we are golf professionals so not only are we supposed to understand the game we're supposed to be able to coach it we're then supposed to be able to manage a business efficiently hiring and firing unfortunately um <laughs> Budget, we got to understand budgets. Yeah. Uh, agronomy, we have to understand uh, basic agronomy based off of uh, uh, the different uh, local area, right? Wherever you are yeah. in the country, you're going to have different uh, uh, different weather patterns. So we got to understand that. Uh, and we have to understand them all. And then on top of that, we have to do cart fleet maintenance. So now I have to be a mechanic. Okay. I have to have basic understanding of how a cart functions. Uh, so in the event that it breaks down, that I can then fix it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm missing something, but there, you know, it's all kinds of stuff, right? <laughs> wow. I, I yeah. It's not just a toilet in my first job. So <laughs> yeah, not just a break in a gas pedal on that thing. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So there's a lot to it. So all of these things are covered in the first three levels. Um, well, I guess the only three levels, but it through yeah. these three levels, to then be able to say that you are a PGA professional. The cool thing now is that they're going through and they're having um, like special uh, specializations. So you can go through the PGA now and say, I want to be a teaching professional. Yeah. Or I want to be a head golf professional. Or I want to be a director of golf or a general manager. And then they'll try and tie in the education to uh, educate you based off of your interests. Yeah, which is interesting, you know, uh, and I'm curious to see how that goes. It just started, um, but I think it'll end up being fairly successful. My concern is, is pretty much what we just did, is that the golf professional does so many things. At some point, we still have to know all of these things. Right. And so, you know, what's that going to look like? I don't know yeah. yet. Eventually, towards the end. So, yeah, exactly. So after you got done with that, you kind of started your your own business uh, when you were working at some other locations, uh, the Kinetic Club. Um, let's talk a little bit about what that is and what it entails. Sure. So the Kinetic Club is my home gym. Um, I was uh, I was right before COVID. I was planning on opening a location around town, and I was pumped for it. Man, I was excited. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I figured that people would be more drawn to the Kinetic Club than Austin Jarko Golf and Fitness, right? Based on, right, and then eventually I could sell it because it's all about money. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, 
But uh, so the Kinetic Club is a home gym uh, for the time being. Uh, I've got a full functioning gym in there. I can do anything that you want to do uh, except the treadmill, but we can go outside for that, right? And then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, in there, I've got a full hitting bay. So I can hit golf balls, everything uh, all the way up to driver. Um, I've got a launch monitor. I've got a few TVs uh, set up to the point where you'll hit a ball. The image will populate on a screen. It'll tell you all the data points that you want to know, uh, 17 of them. And then from there, we can use that data to then be able to dial in what it is going on in your golf swing. A lot of times what I did this winter was we would hit a ball and we say, my body won't move that way. I understand the data. It's not lying to me because it's literally right there. Right. At what point can I say, okay, physically we need to go improve before your golf swing can improve. And so having it right there in the gym, in my garage, was a benefit because then I would put people through some basic movements, get them to understand what that looked like, felt like, get those muscles firing, and then go have me hit a golf ball again. And it was like night and day. Yeah. Uh, so really, really cool. So that's what the Kinetic Club is. It's based off of that principle. Uh, it's a total lifestyle type of uh, environment. It's not just a golf or a fitness. It's both. Right. It's kind of what I pride myself on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so being a former athlete myself, um, I kind of am interested in finding out more about like the, the care of the golfer. So as a golfer's out playing, like you're talking, being able to hit balls and do the exercises to see those muscles fire and then go back and hit the balls. When somebody's getting ready to go play, say maybe they're a, a beginner, let's, let's look at three different types of people. So sure. we have a, a beginner, uh, you know, somebody that's just starting to learn how to play, somebody that may have been playing for five years or somebody that may have been playing for 20 years. Um, they're all going to have their own different experiences and their own positives, their own negatives, you know, stuff they're good at and bad at and need help with. Um, what are some of the things that you're going to look at specifically with those populations, either training, um, recovery, and nutrition, hydration? Yeah. Um, so the last thing we want to do is ever have a, an athlete get injured. And so uh, I, I will always ask them kind of how your basic day-to-day -day life goes. Um, I call it a full systems check. When I get out of bed, I roll out, see what's feeling good, what isn't. <laughs> and so I want to know if others are doing the same thing. And then from there, we use that knowledge to then really kind of dial it in and say, okay, how are our eating patterns? How is our warm-up and our cool-down? What is a normal day? If you're going and, play, uh, going and playing golf today, what does your normal, normal day look like? Are you yeah. doing anything to prep for that? Are you doing anything afterwards to recover from that? Um, and so I'll, I'll ask anybody this question, you know, whatever age level or entry level uh, uh, athlete. Uh, we are all athletes, right? We have bodies, we move, we are athletic. At that point, uh, when we, we take that understanding of everybody has this ability to be athletic, now we can really say, here's how an athlete or a person who is trying to be uh, sporty, athletic, right, will work. <laughs> and so um, I'm really big on before and after recovery, um, making sure that if you're going to, I can barely move some days. Uh, I got a bad back, a couple of degenerative discs, which is fantastic. Uh, and so, yeah, so I've got to make sure, especially in my profession, but, uh, I've got to make sure that I can continue moving 
um, tomorrow. I'm playing on Thursday. I got to make sure I'm doing my work today to make sure I can play on Thursday. And, uh, and so I will do that same thing with my clients and making sure that they're set up and they've got programs that are putting them through the appropriate, you know, pre-golf, post-golf, uh, exercises. Yeah. Uh, same thing for diet. Right. Uh, so, if, you know, in a few weeks I've got a four day long tournament. Well, I know that if I just start eating well one day before, it's not going to really do me any good, right? I need right. to make sure that my eating patterns are better for a, at least a couple of weeks before to get my body used to and using the appropriate nutrients um, as I go through this uh, through this round of golf. Uh, I'm going to be burning a lot of calories when I'm out there, and so making sure that it's sustainable and I'm not just going to crash after the round is very important to me. Right. Yeah. So you kind of look at it as a, like going from a baseball background, you know, if I was the starting pitcher on a Friday, you're going into playing your golf round on Friday, you got your weekly routine kind of set up of, you know, this day I work on chipping, this day I work on chipping and putting, maybe this day I'm doing irons, maybe this day I go do a practice play round. Um, how does a, a, you know, if somebody's just like a, a, athlete that's playing once a week what is a, a good kind of strategy for them to kind of think about getting into a routine for tournament type stuff for practice wise sure sure um maybe the spouses won't really enjoy it too much but i always say carry a club around the house just put your hands on it <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean uh, I think at that point, uh, if they're not able to get out very often, just being engaged in the game a, a little bit at a time, 15, 20 minutes a day, honestly, will go a long way, and you'll see some serious benefits right away. Uh, so for that beginner golfer, it's not, you know, I'm really big on practice and, and focusing on the simple fundamentals, but that's exactly what, what we would do. Put your hands on the club the same way. Take your setup the same way every single time and focus on those small things uh, that will make you successful versus I'm coming over the top. I need to try and drop it under. Yeah, that's different, right? That's an actual uh, function of your setup and your grip and whatever else is going on in your body. Right. Whereas we're going to control the things that we can control by doing them the same way every single time. And that's what's going to be really beneficial for us. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, cool. um, so you, you've got a lot of certifications. We're going to talk a little yeah. bit about those. Um, the, there's a couple that I'm really interested in. You know, the you got your certified personal fitness uh, trainer certification NSCA. You got your NSAM golf fitness specialist. So those kind of go hand in hand as the, you know, the fitness uh, certifications for personal training. Uh, you got your TPI Performance Institute our Titleist Performance Institute certification, um, your level two and in golf and fitness and those, and then your super speed golf uh, certification. And I know that's something that a lot of people are talking a lot about right now. Yeah. Uh, I bought the, this two sets of the sticks probably three years ago um, and have been incorporating them with myself and our high school golfers and our programs. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about that and then the TPI uh, to start off. Um, TPI first, the Titleist Performance Institute, what all goes into that 
and um, what type of testing do they look at when you're you're getting a new patient or client? Sure. Yeah. So they they test uh, about 21 different movements just in the basic uh, level one type of screen. Yeah. Um, but there's multiple levels uh, that go along with it. So I did the fitness level two this winter. I got bored. And so <laughs> uh, a, lot, but it, a lot of people got bored over the last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, I think it was actually it was very well done. Uh, so kind of what goes along with that is um, a power testing screen, which is fantastic. It's a way to test people uh, just how strong they are without um, pushing them to a one rep max. And so by being able to understand where some actual muscle uh, weaknesses are and identify those just in some real basic movements, then we can say clearly we need to work on our hamstrings, which will then cause these three or four uh, issues in your golf swing. Yep. And by, by understanding that, then we can really dial in you and your training and your specific movement patterns uh, that'll make you beneficial. It's the same way with the, uh, with the level one. It's more of a, it's called a driving range screen is what it is. And so it's designed for non-fitness uh, professionals, a la golf professionals, who are asking people to make an explosive dynamic movement um, to be able to then identify where they are movers and where they're non-movers. And, and so it's been very successful throughout it. It's the gold standard right now in golf fitness. Right. Uh, and honestly, it's it's been pretty good. I, I've, I've enjoyed it. It seems to be that, uh, or seems to me that my clients enjoy it. There's, there's a definitive number that they get, just like anything. A golfer gets a handicap, you know, whatever that looks like. A golf fitness person through TPI gets a golf fitness handicap. And so there's a correlation there, and so they can understand it. So I can say, you're a 17 under golf fitness handicap, and they don't have to ask me, oh, is that good? Because they already know. And right. so there's the quantitative that they can take out and say, clearly, I need to do better from it. And that's where I enjoy it because uh, it makes my life easy because I can tell you that you can't move. But if you don't have anything that will really prove that, then what's the point? Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been really cool. And then I think uh, Titleist in general has been a really big supporter of that. But they're continuing to do some serious research on kinematic sequences and golf swings and body nutrition, all kinds of stuff. They are very open minded about getting golfers better, which is fantastic. Right. Absolutely. Um, let's hit on that uh, swing speed golf also. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of people are chasing speed and distance right now in golf and, you know, some people try to swing as hard as they can and hit the golf ball, but, you know, it doesn't produce the results that they want. What are the benefits of the following the program along with the swing speed? Yeah. So um, I think it's tough to talk swing speed without talking kinematic sequence. So just briefly, kinematic sequence is the from the top of the backswing. What order does the body and the club get to the golf ball? And okay. so the correct order should be lower body, so the hips, the torso, the lead arm, and then the golf club itself. Okay. Yep. So the, the super speed stick uh, training protocol 
is designed to allow you to do just that. It's uh, it's trying to design. It's it's trying to get you to move in a way that will optimize the speed at which you're swinging the golf club without putting in so much force that you can't do it. Uh, the super speed program has also been proven to uh, your body's got a natural governor on it, right? Uh, so I mentioned earlier, my, my body hurts all the time, <laughs> but at some point, uh, my body, my mind says, "Okay, we're not going to do that because pain is a limiting factor, right?" Right. Doesn't necessarily mean that it that it can't make the movement, but it's your body saying, "I don't want to," right? And so there, there's a governor on your brain, and so. By doing these overswing, uh, overspeed principles, what it's allowing your brain to do is break through those governor barriers that will allow you to swing faster, more under control on the golf course. And so by allowing yourself to follow the actual super speed training program, you're finding that you're going to work your way into a better kinematic sequence while also breaking through these barriers. And at that point, you're going to see some really big gains through a portion of the program. And then there's designed periods where you're going to plateau just like you would in any fitness uh, program that I'm sure you know. Right. And then there's larger gains after that plateau. And so they're built in. It'll tell you exactly when you're going to gain speed, when you're going to plateau, and when you're going to gain more. And I think that's fantastic. I mean, at that point, it's right there in front of you. You just got to you just got to do it. And then it's a dedication process, right? So it's it's it doesn't get any easier than super speed golf it's right there in front of you (laughs) so after kinetic club you said you you know you're starting that at the beginning of basically the pandemic um and you're moving into now your new role at brookridge golf and fitness uh you've been there i think a little over a month now um as the director of player development you know you mentioned all the different roles and hats that a, a golf professional has to wear um what are you doing now as a director of player development yeah, um, my day-to-day role is going to change throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, however, currently I am putting together programs for juniors specifically to allow them to develop the skills to get better. And so we're using Operation 36, which is a program that will uh, get kids to shoot 36 from different yardages before they are allowed to move back. Yeah. Uh, I love it so far. I think it's been fantastic. Uh, uh, very surprising. I, I'm very critical of a lot of things, but, <laughs> but I, I think it's been fantastic. Um, so that that right now is my major role is handling that. As player development uh, director, my role is not only limited to golf. It's also the fitness aspect of it. And so by... Um, uh, such a blessing to have this massive 10,000 square foot fitness facility up here, a couple indoor hitting areas, a decent range, a putting green. We can, you can come in and spend an hour and a half with me and we can not do the same thing for about 10 minutes. I mean, I've got all kinds of different things that we can right. do, uh, but all of that is my domain. Right. And so at that point uh, right now we're, we're on course um, as we move into the fall and winter months, we'll start making our way into the gym And at that point, it's time for some uh, heavy uh, muscle gains, right, Uh, through about January. And then we'll start working our way to a maintenance phase, and then we'll get back on the golf course again. Um, So since I just started here, we don't have a fitness program, golf fitness program, really up and going. They've tried a few things in the past, 
um, but we're going to kind of mix it up a little bit. Yeah, there hasn't really been anyone championing it, uh, championing it <laughs> uh, through uh, through Brookridge uh, as of yet, and so that's my goal um, coming up. So I'm very excited about that. I think it's going to be uh, hugely successful. Just when people, I see one person to buy in, they're going to see it's uh, it's successful, and then it's going to spread like wildfire. And so I'm very eager for that. So. That's kind of that's kind of my role, and then I'm uh, currently uh, and probably will always act as a consultant uh, in terms of golf golf operations. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm very Type A brain, and so uh, I'm very detail oriented. There's nothing that gets past me. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Maybe there is, but whatever. <laughs> but close. <laughs> yeah, tried to as much as right. you can. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, after being at seven different uh, courses, uh, they're also leaning on me for some different uh, advice and direction and they don't always take it. And that's fine. You know, that's that's exactly what um, consultants are for. So uh, that's a wide range of things that I'm doing, but uh, it's fantastic. I unfortunately don't have anything to do with the food and beverage yet. However, I am actively pushing for a juice machine, and uh, so John, if you see this, I want a juice machine. <laughs> I'll make sure John gets a hold of this one. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, I want uh, you know some some just healthier options, but I think it's harder to get people to buy in. Yeah, to nutritional stuff until people actually kind of really understand why it's important, and so we'll have some some town halls, you know, some town hall meetings this winter. Um, it'll be nice when we can get everybody back in a room again and uh, kind of go from there. But that's kind of, that's kind of my role is, is, is education. How can I educate you on how you're going to not only feel better, play better, but stay, you know, stay here longer. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a yeah. massive benefit, right? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, over your, your 10 years in golf profession, what is something that you're most proud of that sticks out in your head? Um, I think two things, um, first and foremost, I, I'm very proud of my business and what it stands for and the work that, uh, I've done, um, to really help kids that need it more than anything. And I'm not just a junior instructor, but, um, I think I've become a mentor for a lot of them and, uh, I have a couple kids graduating this year that makes me feel really old, but I'm extremely proud of them. And uh, I don't have kids yet, but uh, I just think that is the coolest thing. I really do. Um, I've seen them grow up. It's been awesome. Uh, you know, I had some uh, mental health issues when I was younger, uh, very depressed, a lot of anxiety, things that I used to struggle with all the time. And so I have been able to identify those same traits in uh, current kids that I have. And wow. it's been fantastic. I, I mentioned to a couple parents that I was like, they need to go talk to somebody soon, if not today. And uh, one kid said, thank you. Uh, you know, I had a kid say one time I woke up and show up, showed up today because I like hanging out with you, even though the workouts are hard. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I was here for you. And that was the reason he decided to wake up. And I know that that was a very, that was a big struggle and sometimes they still struggle with it, but, um, I think I can relate with them like that. Uh, 
so that's that's one thing I think that's fantastic. And then the second thing is uh, I have uh, I've had to reinvent myself uh, a handful of times, um, right. just to stay one relevant, but two uh, um, uh, successful in this industry. It is ever changing right now, um, and so. I love the fact uh, specifically about myself that I feel like I can be successful in any arena. Uh, I feel confident in that. I'm a quick learner. So if I don't know something, I'm going to figure it out. Uh, if I don't figure it out, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> so uh, I, that, that's taken me a long time to do. I used to be uh, so much so that uh, I, I used to be the type that if I couldn't figure it out, I just wouldn't do it. Right. Uh, yeah. or, and I wouldn't ask you because I was too embarrassed. Right. So, oh, my gosh so embarrassing but uh, now i'm like no oh, this, is, this is dumb why can't i figure this out help me yeah <laughs> right. find the person that knows what they're talking about exactly right. yeah exactly. yeah you know being a coach myself and a high school teacher you get to see these kids grow and develop along the way and i think that's really cool that you like to take that out of being a coach um what's something that you might regret not have doing mm. over the last you know, maybe high school, college, early profession. Yeah. Um, I, I really wish that I would have stayed with my exercise science degree and okay. not, uh, not did the corporate fitness route. And there's nothing wrong with it. I think the corporate fitness route is just more management than mm -hmm. anything. Uh, the exercise science degree would have opened up more doors. Um, in the event that I ever leave the golf industry, I feel like I've done enough in enough arenas that I can probably land a job somewhere, you know, but, uh, having an exercise science degree carries much, a lot more weight. I'll say a lot more weight than a corporate fitness degree. Um, it, yeah, I mean, they're a hop, skip and a jump away from being a doctor. Where, right. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. Versus uh, a corporate fitness. And again, nothing against those. I got to go back to school. So <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, completely yeah. agree. Uh, so looking looking at your professional career, who in your field or maybe not necessarily in your field, but who in your field inspires you to be a better professional uh, or a better person? Yeah, I think it's important to uh, be able to be introspective and um fairly compare yourself to others i'm not a i'm not a massive like well he's better than i am person uh at all because i think that my personality may fit different with somebody versus someone else's and yeah. and that's huge and and understanding your environment and how it affects uh change and growth is uh is wildly important so um understanding that but um you know andrew from perform uh, i think it's premier fitness systems um pfs they're in arizona I, yep. I love their golf fitness program i think it's fantastic they they've done so well with so many professional athletes and obviously they have a bigger sample size down there than we do up here um but they do fantastic work uh so i i keep an eye on what they do i would consider them industry leaders and i will reach out in the event that i need help often um and I'm not afraid to do that. And then Kevin Ward up here, great instructor. Yep. Same thing. Uh, I just I look at him and I'm like, this guy knows what he's talking about, knows both the fitness and the golf side. And and I'm not afraid to ask him for questions either. I think that's uh, wildly important. And then uh, let's see, Mark Blackburn, who is the TPI instructor, golf instructor, one of them, I should say. 
just a really sharp guy. I haven't had the actual opportunity to speak with him at all. However, I really like the way that he goes about his business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think finding people like that to just watch and and grow with and learn from, I think is, is very important. So I'd probably say those guys. Absolutely. That's pretty cool. Um, what's something you wish you would have known in high school or college that would help you with your, your career now? Oh, gosh. Um, you're not as smart as you think you are. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I um I, I was a I was a really smart kid. Um you know, I had a three five in high school, so it wasn't like I was a straight A or anything like that, but um I, so I was I was fairly intelligent. But uh going into college and uh going into other things, I always thought that I I knew it enough that I didn't have to really put my all into it. And I wish I would have taken the the attitude that I know nothing. And, and that's currently what I do. So anytime I go into a conversation with people smarter than I am, which I hope happens more often than I, than I realize, uh, yeah. right. But yeah, fill yourself with people uh, in a room that are smaller and smarter than you are. I try and do that as much as possible. Um, I'm never the smartest one in the room, by the way, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, so understanding that and being able to go into a learning situation and say, pretend, you know, nothing relearn it right if you already know it relearn it and then that way you master it rather than just glancing over and say i know enough right because enough is doesn't cut it right enough doesn't cut it you got to absolutely master your craft so talking about mastering your craft that kind of goes into my next question what are some you know you probably have another potential 30 years let's say in the golf industry what are some of your career goals that you want to try to achieve? You know, it could be as a professional, as a coach, as a player, um, kind of all encompassing. Yeah. You know, somebody asked me a similar question the other day. So like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, I have no idea, you know, <laughs> but uh, I think I, after thinking about it, I've kind of come to terms with um, understanding that I can be successful in any realm in the golf industry i just have to decide which realm i want to be in do i want to be in the management side do i want to be in the instruction side do i want to be overseeing a massive club or do i want to work with a program like operation 36 uh things like that um so i i would hope that i would I guess two dreams, really. Um, whatever it is, I want to continue getting getting smarter. And uh, and I'm a lifelong learner. I think it's important that people continue to do that. Um, and and so I'm going to continue educating myself. And then hopefully I can continue to pass along that information. And mm-hmm. so that I think that would be really more important to me than anything. And trying to be a really good mentor for the people around me and um helping them get to where they wait they want to be i think i get the most success uh, for me when i am able to give back in that manner and say you know when somebody comes back and say i was successful because you did this for me uh i get the most out of that so whatever that looks like um that's really what i'm going for i guess yeah absolutely i think you know being able to be that mentor person and being that that lifelong learner really promotes coaching coaching lifestyle you know being around people seeing their growth learning the new thing and then being able to take that and teach others uh i think that's pretty cool 
Um, what's a book that you would recommend to a high school college student that's interested in getting into, you know, studying kinesiology uh, realm in uh, college? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not, I don't really read too many books. Um, I do read articles, though. That could be so, articles, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't really know if I could recommend one, honestly. Yeah. But I would find some that are um, uh, peer-reviewed. Okay. Uh, and I'm currently going through Renaissance periodization right now. And, and, and I'm, I'm reading what those guys are doing, and I'm loving it. I think it's fantastic. And so finding an organization that is science-backed, I think, right. is extremely important. And then being able to go through you know, their articles and, and just kind of pick a topic and, and get to know it better. Right. So I'm learning nutrition right now. Um, more so than I already know. I don't know enough. You can never know enough. Right. Uh, I love, um, uh, NSCA's articles that, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, my PT is through them so I can go on and log onto their website and mm -hmm. I can see a bunch of research that they provided and uh it's all free which is fantastic yeah. and so i will do that and i'll pick you know my back hurts well i want to learn more about the back now right <laughs> and so and and i will i will do that you know and I'll, I'll just kind of pick a few and i'll go from there and then you know facebook's not the greatest place to find news and data from from anything however you know you are a product of your environment and so i went through and i followed a bunch of golf sites and i followed a bunch of fitness sites and so now that is basically all that i see on my news feed and i love it and so when there's an article that i think is interesting uh i'll i'll read it i'll tag myself in it or something along the lines that i can go back and reference it and go from there right um if it's something i don't necessarily agree with everything that i read and i think that's incredibly important is being able to draw your own conclusions from uh the the research uh or do your own research after that right if you're unsure conduct right. your own experiment of something along those lines yeah but yeah absolutely yeah um, for i guess yeah about four more things two of them are kind of related um sure. what's the product that you use as a golf coach or you know as a trainer that you use on a a daily basis that really helps you coach or uh train your athletes uh i use my ipad every single day and I use, because uh, I am constantly taking data, so um, uh, whatever app I may be using at the time, I've kind of fluctuated between a few, but I've got a personal training app. Uh, I've got um, a Coach Now app that allows us to communicate mm -hmm. and share data back and forth. I can, you know, we can share golf swings, things of that sort, whenever yeah. we're not even together. Uh, and then I've got a launch monitor that I will use for every golf lesson, because I think it's important that... The things that I'm telling you, uh, you are 100% sure by the data that, that is right there. There is no debating it, right? And at that point, then we can say, man, that felt weird, but I can say, yes, it was correct, right? Or, well, yeah. it felt weird because it was wrong, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And so learning will get better. Uh, I'm sorry, learning will take place faster uh, when that happens versus, I don't know, it looked good, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next two are kind of back, they piggyback off of each other. So I've talked with a athletic trainer and she, we were kind of talking about, you know, what do you, what's something that if you don't like this, 
what should you not, you should not get into athletic training. She said, you know, if you don't like feet, don't get into athletic training because <laughs> you're wrapping ankles all the time, looking at yeah. twisting ankles, that kind of stuff. So I've kind of piggybacked it as to what do you, if you dislike this and if you do like this, then this is the type of profession that you should get into. Yeah. You know, the knock on the golf business right now is the hours and the pay. And I think we're going to see a serious renaissance in the industry um, because I think we're going to find out just how valuable golf professionals and business managers really are. And right. so uh, it would be unfair for me to say that, that is the only thing that is uh, unfair. However, I will say that uh, if you're not a people person, this is not the industry for you. Uh, yeah. This is this is very relationship based. Um, you've got to learn how to sell yourself. So I'm constantly selling myself. I'm selling myself right now without really even selling myself. Right. But I'm telling you right. exactly what I'm doing. You need to be able to do that in an elevator pitch. Why would, why should someone give you a thousand dollars? Right. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm the best that there is in the, in the area right here. It's like, well, cool. You know, but I'll, I'll go to the best in the, in the state. Like, well, okay. Well now I just lost a thousand dollars. Right. You better yeah. do better than that, man. So, <laughs> so it's a relationship based, you know, and being able to sell yourself, um, uh, if you can't do those two things, you're just going to be very, you're going to struggle being successful. Right. Um, I think if, uh, if you like an ever changing, uh, career and you're not afraid to put yourself out there and go after it, then I think it's fantastic. Both of them, the golf and the fitness one. Uh, yeah. fitness one. um, I, I love the fact that I don't do the same thing every single day. It may look like it, I have different conversations with every single person that I meet and I meet so many different types of people that I need to be able to communicate with every single one of them and then um, make sure that we have a lasting relationship or at least a working relationship to the point where uh, you are getting everything that you need out of this hour. If that makes right. sense. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. So the last thing I got is if you have a mantra or quote to, that you live by or a favorite quote that kind of helps motivate you. Sure, sure. Um, wherever you are in time and space, that is exactly where you are supposed to be right there at that moment. And so I try and be the best that I can at all times. Uh, and I don't always succeed at that. However, um, I have found that with a good attitude, and even though it may not be where you want to be, you will end up there. You just got to just keep grinding. You know what I mean? So I'm always trying to do something, at least one, one nice thing per person um, every day. That'll catch up to you. Uh, but yeah, I, I, wherever I am at that moment, I try and make the best of it. Even though it may not be where I want to be long term, that's exactly where I'm supposed to be right then in that situation. And people will watch and notice and uh, being the best that I can will get me to that next spot. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Hey, speaking of that, I'd love this conversation. It was awesome to hear, you know, your perspective on the golf industry and, you know, how you got to where you are. Thank you so much for spending an hour with us talking about uh, your career and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on.